Hey there, my fellow warriors. You know, I've been thinking more and more about courage, as I always do. And, you know, we can choose courage and we should choose courage, absolutely, without question. But often the people who wind up choosing courage and go after it are those that have been through something very, very difficult. And, you know, I like to say sometimes it's sort of forced out of you. But I think it can really be a combination. We can take whatever tragedy, loss, whatever devastation, the trauma, and we can learn lessons. And that's what helps us to begin to live courageously and to use what we've learned for good, what we've been through for good. But if we are not even willing to acknowledge the lessons, to see them, we're never really going to be able to use what happened to us for any good. And that's really kind of a tragedy in itself because that means that this situation, this trauma that you've been through, it just sits there and it, and it hurts you. Or you try to stuff it into the past and try not to think about it, but it affects you. We can try to overcome it and we should overcome it. And how we overcome is we overcome the hold it has over us. But I think the way to do that is to figure out the lessons. Because, it, you know, we may want to skip school on all this stuff. But in every obstacle, in every mountain that we've climbed, in every disaster we've been through, in all of the challenges, there are always things to learn. Always. But we have to be willing to learn them. So I have learned a lot with my daughter, Jamie's addiction. And, and some of it, you know what? Let, I'll just admit it right here. Some of it, I never wanted to learn. And then of course, with her murder, I didn't want to learn what I have about the so-called justice system. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I do believe in justice ultimately, but the challenges that we've been through in more than six years and not even getting close to a trial, so that has, you know, kind of left me feeling a little bit jaded about the justice system at this point. But that's, I don't want to get off track here. What my, so my point on that was that I've learned things I never really wanted to know. I've learned a lot of details about people that I wish weren't true. But there are some really valuable lessons what my daughter's murder specifically, the loss of Jamie taught me about living courageously. And I wanted to talk to you about that this today because you can take whatever it is you've been through, your worst thing or even one of the many things, maybe not even your worst situation and find these same lessons or similar lessons and then figure out how to make yourself better for them, how to help other people overcome because of what you've been through. So I would say that few people would disagree that losing a child is the most devastating event a person could endure. Certainly one of them. If you search the internet, you will find countless articles about grief, depression, and the lifelong impact of outliving a child. So I accept that. I accept that there's an impact. But I feel like I was at a crossroads when this happened. And it was, you know, either you head down this road of despair and let grief overtake you, overcome you, 
or you figure out how to overcome grief does not mean I do not grieve because I still do and always will. But you don't let it control your life. It, I mean, there's a lifelong impact. We can't deny that. But what do we do with it? So my daughter, Jamie, lived for 30 years, seven months, and four days. And she spent half of those 30 years in addiction and danger. So unbelievably, if you don't know my entire story, she survived a near-fatal gunshot wound at the hands of her ex-boyfriend when she was 18. So when Jamie was murdered, it was not the first time she'd been shot. And it's still shocking to me sometimes when I speak those words that my daughter was shot. And then I have to say twice. It just still sends me almost into an out-of-body experience for a moment when I speak those. Even though she spent all those years in addiction and danger and, you know, you're wondering if and when it might happen that they will overdose when they're in addiction and, and just the dangerous world she lived in, the choices she was making and her not fighting very hard to get out of her addiction. But even with all of that, her death was still very unexpected. So I, I fully believed that Jamie would beat her addiction that she would overtake this beast. But then, you know, one man's choice on this hot summer night in August 2016 removed Jamie's choice. You know, she was unarmed and defenseless, and she was shot multiple times in the chest. And she succumbed almost immediately to her injuries. Um, and so she didn't have the choice. She didn't have the chance another chance, I should say, to beat that addiction beast. So, I mean, nobody expects to bury their children. It is every parent's worst nightmare. And when those occasional thoughts happen, I know this used to happen to me when my kids were little, and that just the thought of losing my child would literally make me have to fight off waves of nausea. I'd be literally physically sick in my stomach just thinking about it. My friends, though, life is full of uncertainty. And we, when we feel unsure, we head into fear mode. I mean, look what's going on right now in the news. I mean, it is insanity. It just seems like the world's getting crazier and crazier. And certainly in the United States, we are going off on all sorts of weird tangents and people are attacking each other and we're divided. And, and if we pay attention to that, for any length of time, it really can send us into big time fear mode. If it were possible to turn back the hands of time and change history, I would do it in a heartbeat. Jamie would be alive and healthy. You would turn back the clock too, wouldn't you, on something? Fill in the blank. What would you turn the clock back on and change? But we all know it's impossible. So we have to choose to allow a situation that could take you down for good to make you stronger. That's what I've decided to do. So I want to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned in what I would have expected had I even thought about. Remember, it used to make me sick. If I'd even thought about losing a child and then to lose her in such a horrific way and then the 15 years leading up to it being so tragic and awful and scary and, and so many other adjectives, I would never have imagined that I could be standing here today telling you that I have learned valuable lessons and I'm using them for good. 
So whatever you've been through, you can do the same thing. You just have to be willing to do it. So as the title suggested on this episode, I've learned to live courageously. I mean, by the time you're a certain age, you've experienced heartbreak, betrayal, disappointment, loss. We all have. So you can choose to go into that rabbit hole of depression and have that be the period at the end of your sentence. You know, this thing happened to me, period. I'm sad, depressed, lonely, grieving, period. You can do that. Or you can choose to turn that grief and anguish into purpose. I may have learned so many things on that riot roller coaster from hell through Jamie's addiction. And I'm sharing these with you because I'm hoping that you can use them or at least some of the perspectives in them to help you navigate the current world events going on and then whatever it is specifically in your life. Another lesson I've learned is that time is precious. And I, and I think pretty much everybody knows that, but we all have experienced this. When something major happens and we go, wow, time, how valuable. You know, when I told you that Jamie lived 30 years, seven months and four days, that probably hit you, right? And you've had some experience like that too, where you've lost somebody earlier, you've heard, read a story about it and you think, wow, time. Or you have another birthday and you think, time goes by quickly. Nobody's getting out of this thing alive. I always knew this, right? I've been saying that for decades. But somehow for, I don't know, most of my, my life up until Jamie died, it seemed like, like time was still on my side. I mean, I'd lost other loved ones. I was into my 50s, but I did not fully embrace and appreciate time until I lost my daughter. When I got the knock on the door with the almost unbearable news that Jamie was brutally murdered, time stood still. Isn't that interesting? For a moment, time stood still. But it wasn't long before the hands of time seemed to keep moving. As if they were making up for that standstill, even though it only lasted moments, the clock seemed to be moving faster and faster. You know what's interesting? Time has always moved the same speed it has. <laughs> it's never changed. It's just how it feels to us. Maybe because the older we get, we're getting closer to the inevitable. But, you know, at some point, each of us will have our number called. That's just the way it's going to go. And, and that, that can be scary. I've woken up in the middle of the night before going, whoa, deaf. I mean, even though I believe in heaven and I, I know where I'm going, it still kind of freaks you out, right? But rather than allow it to scare you, I suggest that you use it as an opportunity to value every precious moment of your life. We should try to not take one single second for granted. I've learned that control is an illusion. And that one I learned painfully during the 15 years of her addiction, certainly. As I gripped and clawed and grasped and clung and tried to do everything I could to control that situation that I really never had control over in the first place. 
So, I mean, we do have impact on so many events in life, but we don't directly control the weather, the government, or the economy. We have zero control over other vehicles on the road. We can't control what others think or say or do as much as we'd like to. Most of what you are desperately trying to cling to will slip through your fingers. This isn't a downer episode. Really isn't, but that's just a fact. There is good news in all of this. When you give up your false sense of control, you will be free to control what you can. I believe there are four things you can control. Your thoughts, your words, your actions, and your feelings. Even though words seem to come out of nowhere, and certainly feelings can definitely come out of nowhere. So even if these things come out of nowhere and you say, well, Valerie's wrong, I can't control my feelings because I know all it takes is a, a scent or a thought to send you into a certain place, right? You can be transported and you can have these overwhelming feelings. But what do you do once that happens? Do you, if they're sad feelings, do you head, you know, into that state of depression for the next, you know, long period of time or the rest of your life? Or do you honor those feelings and then move on, get back to the business of living? And so that was a huge lesson for me. Valuable, valuable in every area of life to finally recognize and accept that. So like I said, maybe not at the moment, but you can control your feelings later on. And and I, I know that a lot of people, and I've done this too, you get controlled by your feelings. But you really can control your feelings. And when I say that, I'm not saying to stuff them down and not accept them. You do need to accept certain feelings. If you have a loss and there's grief, that's that's it's good for you to go through those grieving moments. However long you need to. You know, sometimes I'll do it for 10 minutes. I've done it for an hour. There have been almost days where I've had it come in, in waves. And I accept that and honor that whole. But you know, even feelings that come from minor setbacks. I'm not talking about just grief and loss. Feelings that come from minor setbacks or disappointment can leave you reeling. You've had that happen before, right? And if you're not careful, they will send your day spiraling into darkness. So while some feelings do come out of nowhere, for the most part, you get to decide how you feel because you have the power to control your thoughts. So feelings I talked about a lot, your thoughts, that's where it all starts. The battle is for your mind, my friend. And that is a huge lesson I have learned through all of this is that I do have the power to control my thoughts. Here's one that I wonder if you have learned as well, having gone through whatever it is that you have, that you are stronger than you think. People have said to me many times, well, I'm not as strong as you, Valerie, or I wish I were as strong as you. My reaction is, I used to wish I were as strong as me too. I would have never imagined. Remember how I used to feel about just the thought of losing a child. And I, I do think that some people seem to be braver by nature. We all know people that seem like they're fearless. Jamie was like that. And others were fortunate to have strong parents who instilled a high degree of confidence. Confidence has a lot to do with how strong you are. 
but many of us have had courage forced out of us by the two-by-fours of life right upside our heads. You know, I mean, like I said, decades ago, when I thought I could control the outcome of my life, I would never have imagined having a child addicted to drugs. Never. Because I thought for certain that if I taught my kids everything I needed to teach them, and if I kept them safe and I put them on a good path and they were in sports and youth group and had a strong family value and all of that, that I could control that. When these things happen where you realize how little control you have and that life is not going how you thought and you feel like such a failure and you wonder, how am I going to make it through? The bottom line is that not only can you make it through whatever life tosses your way, but I firmly believe you can stand stronger than ever. And I'm not talking about, well, you know, I had this thing happen, but I'm still standing stronger. No, you're standing stronger because of what happened, because it is in the difficulties that we grow. You are going to hear me say this repeatedly, and it bears repeating constantly and even to myself. That is where the rubber meets the road. We need to stop running from difficulties because that's where change happens for us. I learned that peace is possible in the middle of the storm, and I would have never, ever imagined that one. Finding peace when there's chaos all around you, doesn't it seem like that would be somebody else that would do that? You know that person that that had a pastor for a father and you know went to church six times a day and, you know, walked around with their hands folded, you know, not type A personalities like me or redheads or, you know, I mean, so I had heard about that peace, you know, and it's God's peace that surpasses all understanding. But I thought that was for people like my friend, Teresa. She just seemed to be at peace all the time. She has massive faith. Not the wavering kind that I seem to have. I mean, I'm being real here with you. So I kind of thought that was for people like Teresa. But after about 13 years of terror, when I was riding the roller coaster from hell with Jamie's addiction, I decided to see if I could find even a moment of peace. God is the author of peace. No question about it, but we have to meet him somewhere on the road to peace. You've heard me say that recently in a recent episode. So I did my part and God did his. So I'm not sure if I have that peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace. I'm not sure I understand it, but I can tell you one thing for certain. I have peace that surpasses my understanding. Losing a child is the worst thing I could have imagined. Jamie's death and that 15-year nightmare of her addiction are things I didn't think would ever happen to me, but they did. So, I mean, I stood at a crossroads with two choices in front of me. I could live out my days in despair and hopelessness, which was very tempting, or I could choose to fight. I chose to fight. It's the least I can do to honor Jamie. You should do the same thing because people in your life are watching you and they need to be inspired by your heroism. You are the hero in your story and you can be the hero in somebody else's. 
stand up and step out as a woman of courage. If you're a man listening to this, as a man of courage. Don't miss out on the lessons that you learn in the darkest places. They are preparing you for when you step back out into the light. And you should do that sooner than later. You're not standing alone. You're not walking alone. I'm standing and walking on this journey right there with you. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to jump into Warriors and Hope and get access to free resources and check out all of our other coaching and resources, go to warriorsandhope.com. Whatever you're going through, know that you are not alone. I'm standing right there with you and alongside you as you stand up and learn how to fight, how to become a warrior in hope.